This week's guest is on the front lines of breaking Hollywood news with his iconic Hollywood Blinds blog, Crazy Days and Nights. You may have also heard of him through other gossip powerhouses like Demois and House and Habit. I'm actually wearing a Demois sweatshirt today, but you can't see it because the guest is anonymous. So this is an audio-only episode if you were looking for it on YouTube. We're discussing all of the hottest celeb gossip today, including is Olivia Rodrigo's new song about Taylor Swift? Is AOC's fiance spending money every month on an Asian webcam girl? Are Harry and Meghan separated and headed for divorce? Is Kyle Richards divorcing her husband for Morgan Wade? Why I'm hearing that Camila Cabello is broke all of a sudden. Uh, also, I have questions for him regarding Ice Spice. She's allegedly a manufactured industry plant. We'll find out what that means. There are rumors that Candace Cameron Bure has been mean to gay people on the set of Fuller House and tons more. I mean, I have asked about like 100 celebrities in this interview, I think. Last December, I did a fantastic episode with him that was just evergreen scoop on celebrities. Not really any in-the-moment news, so it's not outdated if you want to go back and listen to that and check it out. Every week, I interview people with jaw-dropping stories or expertise, and I'm never afraid to really go there with my questions. Subscribe, leave a five-star review to support us. Please welcome NT Lawyer on The Spillover for a second time. The Jonah Hill stuff this week is so juicy. I don't think that those text messages are indicative of him being abusive at all. What can you tell us? Okay, my experience with Jonah Hill is generally, it doesn't really have to do with like um, male-female relationships with him. It is generally what I use as the baseline for Jonah Hill is this, is that when he and Brad Pitt were making Moneyball together, and then shortly after that, Jonah Hill was in New Orleans and wanted to stay at Brad Pitt's house. And Brad Pitt said, sure, yeah, absolutely. You know, we just filmed this movie together. Go ahead, stay as long as you like, blah, 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 blah. And Jonah Hill trashed the hell out of the house, like absolutely destroyed it. Um, didn't apologize. It just like abandoned it was just, just like a total mess. And he and Brad Pitt have not spoken to each other since. Then. So that's basically my baseline when it comes to anything with Jonah Hill is that I think, okay, this guy who just was given the opportunity to stay in this great place or whatever, and just decided, Hey, you know what? I'm just going to burn the bridges of this friendship or whatever. And I'm just going to do what I want. And I've always kind of felt like that. Jay but, he al but he also went on this whole like therapy journey, I thought, and like bettered himself. So is it possible that he's not the same person anymore? Maybe. But like Jay Baruchel, you, you know, they were in a movie together. And Jay Baruchel goes, I'm not acting when I tell you how much I hate Jonah Hill. So, I, I mean, at some point, you know, it's like how many people does it take before you say Jonah Hill is just not a nice guy now? when it comes to like the text messages and things like that, you know, she waited a lot, obviously a long time to release these text messages. And, um, maybe she felt like she was burned in the relationship. There's not a very big time lag between the time that theirs ended. And then when Joni Hill got together with the other woman and, you know, they've since had a baby, you know, so, but like I said, I've never really, I can't think of any blinds other than the fact that maybe like Jonah cheating on a girlfriend or something like that where I've actually talked about that. Most of the stuff with Jonah comes just the fact that people just don't like him in general. Um, 
with things. You know, even Seth Rogen's totally kind of distanced himself from Jonah Hill, and everybody thought that they were going to be best friends forever. So that's kind of where I come from with it. Well, since uh, these texts leaked, Alexa Nicholas, who was a Zoe 101 star on Nickelodeon, she says that right. Jonah forced himself on her when she was 16 and he was 24. And then Bethany Frankel said that he was a dick to her. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was like, I don't have any special insight into this relationship that he had with, with this girlfriend. I have none. I just go by the things that I've always heard. The party thing was new. What Alexa said, that was new to me. I hadn't heard that before. And I'm trying to remember, uh, it was at uh, Justin Long's house. So I'm anxious to see what Justin Long has to say about this because Justin Long obviously has this goody goody image and, you know, he's in, involved with the new relationship with Kate Bosworth and stuff and had the long history with Drew Barrymore and stuff. And so I'm just interested in what Justin Long has to say is, did we have all of these underage girls? Because Alexis said she was not the only one, a bunch of her friends, 16, 17 years old, being plied with alcohol at this party and then being subject to, well, essentially, if, if she's to be believed, and I have no reason to doubt Alexa, that Jonah Hill sexually assaulted her. So, you know, so it's just like, okay, did Justin Long know this and things? That's where I'm more interested in the whole therapy. And I know Jonah did this whole therapy thing with his therapist and boundaries. And, you know, I'm not that guy. I'm not the guy who's going to be here going, okay, you know, I, I don't know what kind of boundaries he's setting. And, you know, I don't want you to post photos of you in a bikini and stuff like that. That's fine. That's between them. I don't, my thing is celebrity gossip. And dirt. And I'm far more interested in what happened at Justin Long's house than I am with anything else. Britney Spears said that she's releasing a new memoir. This is coming out in October, I guess. It's called The Woman in Me. Did she write it? Will it even be coherent? And will tea be spilled? I have no idea if tea will be spilled. I do know who wrote it. Sam Lansky is somebody I've known for a long time and over a decade. And he's the ghostwriter on it. He had his own journey through um, substance abuse and wrote a book about it. It was optioned, I believe, into a TV or a movie. I can't remember. Then he went and he was the, the culture editor for Time Magazine, was in charge of their whole pop culture department for a long time, and then does the ghostwriting. So I know Sam and he has a way of getting things out of people, but you, you have to wonder, when you're writing something with Brittany... You're going, okay, so when did that happen? And I'm just wondering what the timeline is in her head. Well, and yeah, the just, timeline, how credible everything is. Is she remembering everything correctly? Yeah, and it says it's 288 pages. It's coming out October 24th. Look, Sam's a great writer. And if anybody, but I, I just don't think that there's going to be the tea that everybody thinks is going to be in there. I think it's going to be a little bit more detailed, maybe about things that we, want to know maybe a little bit more about like Justin Timberlake and that kind of thing. Um, I think obviously there'll be stuff about the conservatorship thoughts that she's had. Um, but I, I see online, oh, you know, Brittany wrote all this herself and you could see that she didn't. Okay. There's no way that Brittany is going to sit down and write a 288 page book. Sam wrote it. Now I'm sure with all of his interviews and stuff like that, that he sat down and he's like, okay, well, what can I get out of this? What can I get out of that? And I think it'll be good. I, I think it'll be a fine book. I just don't think it's going to be some revelatory thing that we go, oh, my God. Oh my like, God. you don't think it's going to be on the level of Jessica Simpson's memoir open book because there was tea spilled in that. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be anything like that because how are you going to check it all? Because, again, and here's the things that people are going to want to know. Is Brittany going to want to talk about, let's say, the time that she was 
locked in her house where she ended up going on the 5150 and she's like holding the kids and stuff like that. Is she going to want to talk about that? No. No. She's going to talk about her relationship with, say, like Justin Timberlake. She's going to talk about maybe, you know, her relationship with her dad growing up, her relationship with the sister, stuff like that. Um, she's trying to repair some of the relationships. Obviously, she had her mom over to her the house recently. Uh, she's had, uh, there's been overtures maybe to to her sister. I haven't heard so much about her brother. I just, I think it's going to be nice. I think that Britney fans will enjoy it. I, I just don't think it's going to be some kind of jaw-dropping thing where, wow, we really needed this. I, I just, I don't. You know, I've heard these rumors, oh, there's cease and desist letters and stuff like that. I don't think that she has anything like that that she's willing to say. And what's going on with Sam, her husband? You know, you're never going to get me off the thing that he's a grifter. And the reason I'll say that right at the beginning is that, okay, so we have a prenup and they say, okay, well, here's the thing. What we're going to do is we're going to buy a house together. Great, baby. Let's buy a house together. You know, it'll be our own. We'll move out of Thousand Oaks. We'll go to a different place in Thousand Oaks. Buy a house. $10 million house. Great. You know, we're buying it with the marriage stuff. So it's community property, all this kind of stuff. Well, you know, I'm just not happy here. Well, let's sell it. Okay, let's sell it. So now here's your $5 million. You got just all right away. And let's go buy another house kind of thing. So that's number one. Number two, he's never he's never there. Uh, that's the, that's the, the vibe I get. Like, where right? is I'm, he? He's not there. I'll give you an example. We have to go back probably maybe like a year and a half ago. And she's on the side of the road. I think it was on the 101. And for anybody who's not from LA, basically the 101 connects downtown LA all the way up to Northern California. But they're in Thousand Oaks area. And Brittany's at the side of the road. She's out of gas. And she is some good, you know, person who didn't know is Brittany. They pull over to try and help her and everything, and she's staying in their car, the call AAA or whatever. Sam's not around. Sam doesn't come, you know, he's obviously not staying at the house and doesn't know, hey, send a bodyguard out, whatever. Why is she out in the middle of the night driving around like this? And I just get the feeling that he's only there when it's beneficial to him. I I think that he's trying to do some kind of documentary. I think he's always trying to figure out a way to make money, whatever that is. And that's how he's always going to be. I think that the whole thing where there's maybe possibly going to be an intervention a few months ago, you know, okay, well, who stands to benefit for that? Well, probably him, because then maybe he can nullify parts of the prenup and stuff like that and then get whatever kind of money he can. So I just think there's always an angle and he's always doing it. And I think that he just does what he has to, to, to stay married. And he but- never goes on the trips, right? He He didn't go on, he went on this Vegas thing. And that's the other thing. Everybody says, oh, I'm a Britney Spears expert. I'm a Britney Spears expert. Did you guys know she was in Vegas? No, you did not. You didn't know she was in Vegas until the whole Wimby thing happened. Nobody knew she was there. And but the the trip previous to that, I think she went to Puerto Rico and she went with her manager and they went for like a week and a half or two weeks. Where's Sam? It's not like he's got a job. Yeah, you know, that's so the how- thing. And I'm just okay, I'm under the impression that maybe she doesn't even have as much money as people think. Okay. Let's talk about that. Who Matthew Rosengard. He's a good attorney. I'm not going to slam him for that or anything. And he works for a large law firm that is just sees dollar signs in the bill and stuff like that. But when he uh, alleges in a pleading to say in the range of a billion dollars, Britney Spears has never come close to earning a billion dollars in her career. And let me tell you how that's even possible. Britney Spears has not written more than eight songs where she has a writing credit. And none of those eight songs or 10 songs has any kind of staying power, any kind of longevity. 
what, what kind of design, what kind of clothing lines, none, perfumes, makeups, nothing like that, right? Nothing where she's going to be worth a billion dollars. And he said in the range of, I think, 10 figures, well, if you, if you say, okay, well, the zero, zero and the penny is, counts as two figures, okay, then maybe, and then also the range, I think that Britney Spears has maybe earned two or $300 million in her life. And, but that's over the entirety of her career. And that's not, yeah. you know, Jeez. in Taylor Swift terms, that's p- pennies. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Taylor Swift is earning $13 million a night. Yeah. Wow. And to put that in some kind of perspective, Janet Jackson's tour um, was her biggest ever, this one that she's on right now. And she'll earned about $51 million from like 80 dates or something like that. And, but Taylor's getting about $13 million a show. And, and Taylor's, Taylor's probably a billionaire, but you wouldn't know it, but it's because mostly of how much she's earned and then how much in properties and stuff like that she has. Um, but it's extremely rare to become a billionaire. So, you know, Rihanna now is, and, but again, she's got writing credits on all her songs. She's got Fenty. Yeah. You you have to have something to push you over the edge other than music. It's just not going to happen. Did you know that most skincare products like moisturizers, eye creams, face masks, and serums are really only good for about six months to a year? If you've been sticking your fingers into the same jar for longer than that, throw that ish out. My skin is drier than the Sahara Desert. And for the past few years, my ride or die moisturizer that I've discovered is from Nimi Skincare. It's their hydrating night cream. And even though it says night, I use it 24-7. It's a retinol-based moisturizer that really revives the skin for a more even, brighter, less textured look. Retinol can also help firm the skin, plump, and smooth the appearance of lines and wrinkles. Retinol is one of my favorite ingredients to look for in every skincare product. But what I love about this moisturizer from Nimi Skincare is it has just the right amount to make a noticeable difference without drying you out. Because again, my skin is so uncomfortably dry. There's also aloe vera and jojoba oil to add to that hydration and protect and soothe sensitive skin. It is absolutely everything. And I have used it forever, like long before I ever started talking about it on this podcast. Nimi Skincare's core brand values are freedom, femininity, faith, and family. So feel good about purchasing from a brand that shares your values. The Retinol Lifting Moisturizer is only $38, and I have a 10% off discount code for you. So you can try out other Nimi products without going over budget. I highly recommend the Vitamin C Cleanser. Use the link in the description and code Alex Clark for 10% off. Nimi is modern skincare with timeless values. That's NimiSkincare.com with code Alex Clark. N-I-M-I Skincare.com with code Alex Clark for 10% off today. Okay, so speaking of writing credits, Olivia Rodrigo's new song, Vampire, number one. And people are saying that it might be about Taylor Swift. But is Vampire about Taylor Swift or is it about her ex-boyfriend, Adam Faze, who was a producer and older than her? That's a good question. You know, and Olivia, as much as she dislikes Taylor, 
Um, and and could learn- you tell, could you explain that, uh, like summarize the backstory on how Olivia and Taylor went from being friendly to enemies in the span of like a year? Yeah, I think that Taylor collects people and she collects up and comers and says, oh, come be my friend and be my friend and all this kind of stuff. And Olivia was, okay, that's great. I mean, I've looked up to you and blah, blah, blah. Oh my gosh, I'm, I, I've been a fan of yours since forever. And then she realizes Taylor's collecting me. It's not that she really cares about being my friend. She's just collecting me. And I think Olivia was like, you know, this is not something I want to be a part of. I want to be my own person. I don't want to be part of the squad. And if you look at Taylor's history, other than, say, Selena Gomez there's not, and, her, and Taylor's friends from high school, there's not anybody that has had any kind of Taylor Swift long-term solid relationship. They're just kind of all in and then they disappear and sometimes they're there and sometimes they're not. And they're very kind of flighty relationships. And Olivia, but what Olivia did learn was, hey, um, I can write a song and make it seem like it's about three or four different people where people will be talking about it. If you think about it, Taylor Swift is the songwriter blind items, right? Yes. She does, she does what I do. She just does it in song. And she gets people thinking, she gets people talking, she gets people analyzing music, she gets people listening to it over and over and over and over again to get those streams. I know it's killing Taylor that Cruel Summer is like number six or seven and Olivia Rodrigo is number one. So I know that But the thing is, is that her. Taylor becomes friends with Olivia and then basically ends up taking writing credit 50%, I believe, on yeah. Good For You. That is that is an obscene amount of money. And then uh, she's very good friends with Haley Williams from Paramore. Taylor Swift is. And then mm-hmm. Haley from Paramore gets writing credits uh, on on one of Olivia's songs. Taylor gets writing credits on another song that sampled her song New Year's Day. So Taylor, when you talk about collecting, Taylor like became friends with Olivia and then just like took a whole bunch of money from her. Yeah, which if, if you did it to Taylor, she'd be saying victim, 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 victim. And what we're also learning over the last few months are a couple things. So when Scooter did the whole buying the catalog or whatever, or Taylor's dad knew what was going to happen. And he pretended he knew what was going to happen. And so there was this conference call and there was going to be an NDA. And so he didn't want to get on the conference call because he, he wouldn't be able to talk to Taylor about it. But he knew what was going to happen. He knew it wasn't like, hey, guys, we're going to have a conference call. Oh, what's going to be about? Well, we can't tell you. Everybody knew what the conference call was going to be about. And Taylor's dad made 15 million bucks from all of this. So that's number one. Number two, Taylor has always denied that she's any part of FTX. Oh, I didn't want to be part of FTX. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, it turns out she wanted to do FTX really badly. This is the crypto the, stuff. The crypto. And SBF said, no, I, I, back now, I don't really want Taylor to be a part of it. But Taylor was the one who was pushing for it and pushing for it. And if she had signed the deal, then she'd be involved in all these lawsuits, too. It, it's just there's very convenient kind of lapses, more of omission than outright kind of lying. And, you know, and then there's a whole relationship with Maddie Healy and stuff and just her just, I don't know. It's like her fans are just so loyal and, you know, narrow minded when it comes to everything that if you ever speak out against Taylor, then then they come after you. Well, I'm one of those people, (laughs) you know, I'm the biggest Swifty of all time. And, the, and there's nothing wrong with being like that. I just, you need to have some kind of open mind about things that, you know, when you're trying to put the wool over somebody's eyes or just like things going back a long time ago, you know, there's people on Etsy making like little Taylor Swift merch and stuff. Oh, she goes after like, them. 
Yeah, she goes after them. And it's one thing, I got it. You can protect your brand. But somebody's making $1,000 a year from Etsy and you decide, you know what, I'm going to slam my lawyers on them and everything like that. It's just sometimes the corporation part of Taylor Swift becomes a little bit too much. And I think that what you're seeing right now is peak, right? And you saw this built up demand because what happened was right before COVID, she was going to go on tour and well, it was set up for, you know, the the spring and the summer of 2020 and it didn't happen. So we didn't have this tour for a long time. And so it's built up, it's pent up. And there is no denying the fact that there are millions of people around the world that, that want to see Taylor Swift. And I, you know, God bless, go see them. You know, she's giving you 44 songs a night, which is unreal. And you know, go see it. And she has, she changes it up every weekend, which is good for her. There's nothing wrong with Taylor Swift, the performer. My arguments are with Taylor Swift, the entity or Taylor Swift, the business or Taylor Swift. I'm not going to tell you everything. Um, yeah. So what is the deal with Maddie Healy? Why did she actually end it? Was it because she was feeling the wrath of fans uh, that he was problematic and she was like, okay, I can't date him anymore. Did something else actually happen? No, I think that it's what you said. However, I think that they're still seeing each other. Really? Yeah. I just think that it's not, you're not going to see him at concerts anymore. You're not going to see him um, dancing with Haley or anything. I I think that that, that's just kind of, I think that they're still together. I just think it's super hush hush. Do you think that Maddie Healy is as bad as people say? I think that Maddie Healy is somebody who's over the top and says just things that come to his mind. Do I think that he is sitting at home watching ghetto gaggers two minutes after people leave a party? No. Do I think that he would say that? Yes. Yeah, it's like crass humor. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit over the, the, the top and just trying to get reactions from people. But yeah, I mean, obviously he has said some things that are pretty horrific, but he would say, oh, it's just kind of performance art, something like that. But the thing is, even if it's performance art or whatever, it is totally the antithesis of Taylor's brand. Right. And that's what's shocking to people. Yeah. Because she has worked so hard to have this brand and okay, it's this. And yes, I'll get screwed over by guys and I'll write songs about them. But my relationships with these guys are generally, um, innocent, normal, you guys can relate to them kind of thing. And then you get something like Matt Healy. And it's just like, I think even a lot of her loyal fans are like, okay, this is not the Taylor that we know. We like you with the quiet Joe Alwyn where, you know, you're writing evermore in folklore and just, you know. Okay. So you actually, you were the first person to say this. I haven't heard anyone else say this. It was Joe who broke up with Taylor or Taylor broke up with Joe? Joe broke up with her 100%. And why? Was it because he didn't like going out? No. Okay. The guy has been out like a dozen times since they split. Like you see Joe, we've seen Joe more in the last few months than we saw him almost the entirety that they were together. Yeah. It's not adding up. Right. And here's how you know that he broke up with her. And it's simple. It's, it's no, it's no God auntie. How did you know this insight? No. Here's what it is. It's because a lot of things that you, you know, maybe it's because of the lawyer stuff or whatever and dealing with people and statements and stuff like that, you realize, okay, here's the deal. So the first concert, the full first weekend, 
he's not there. And everybody's like, well, where's Joe? It's like the opening thing and all this kind of stuff. And the statements from Taylor's people were, you know, he was filming a movie, which he wasn't. And for he'll be here the next weekend. Everything's fine. You know, he'll be great. He'll be here. Everybody will see us together. Okay. That was the statements. It went to People Magazine, all these kind of places. Okay. Well, if you're saying that statement, then you must believe that he is going to be there. You have not broken up with him or you would not be having that statement. Yeah. If you had broken up with him, you'd be saying something like, you know, he's filming a movie. We'll have to see over the next couple of weeks whether or not he can get off the schedule and stuff like that. But when you say he will be there the next week, you wouldn't say that if you had broken up with him. Because you know that's not going to be true. What you're thinking is he's just being wishy-washy. We'll bring him back into the fold. He'll be here next week. Okay, so is Taylor even really that broken up about this relationship? Because she just seems like she's really powered through the tour and and is unfazed. She's saying she's the happiest she's ever been. Yeah, and I think that it had something to do with Maddie because Maddie is, again, not to use the word antithesis twice in an hour-long podcast, but he is the antithesis of Joe Alwyn, right? Joe Alwyn is just this guy who's an actor trying to make his mark in acting and do this kind of thing. And he's quiet, he's reserved. He's typically British. Maddie Healy's also British, but is more the Pete Doherty British rather than the Joe Alwyn kind of British. But if Joe had no problem going out, then why did he break up with Taylor if it wasn't that he was bothered by her uh, amount of fame? Um, Maybe, it, number one, it ran its course. Maybe he just didn't want to go spend all summer being, you know, her boy toy every single weekend, like having a little spotlight on the little tent that she has set up at the stadium where we see her friends and family. Maybe he just didn't want to tag along all summer. Maybe he wanted to do his own thing. You know, I just, because at some point it's like, okay, that's great. You know, we had a great little run. Now you're going to go on tour. I told you I don't want to go on tour. I don't want to be doing this every single weekend. And perhaps Taylor had already, you know, started talking to Maddie and stuff because it, it wasn't out of the blue that Maddie's performing with, with Haley Williams and stuff. It's just, you know, I, where did that come from? So I think. Do you that think perhaps, there was overlap with Taylor and Maddie Healy's okay. relationship and her dating Joe? Yeah, always. I always think that there's overlap. I, I especially when it comes to Taylor, because there's hardly ever any kind of gap between you know the next guy and the next guy and the next guy and the next guy. Which is why I still think that she's with Maddie, because if she wasn't, there would already be some new guy. Why are Zoe Kravitz's parents telling her to stay away from Taylor? Maybe for the same reasons like Olivia Rodrigo, you know, just kind of, you know, she's using you, she's using you for clout, for whatever. It's the same thing that I would, you know, and so Zoe, okay, you don't want to do it, fine. I'm going to find somebody else. I'm going to get this industry plant, Ice Spice, and we're going to do a thing. And, you know, so. Why do you it, say that? Why do you say that Ice Spice is an industry plant? An industry plant is pretty obvious when you look at it. An industry plant is something like this. Let's say that you know, Alex, you know somebody who's out in the clubs, right? And they're they're working clubs and they're trying to get a record deal and stuff. And you see them and then they get a record deal and then they go on tour and they're playing vans and they're playing all these shows everywhere, right? And then one day they get a hit and then they're at the, and then the radio. They're not an industry plant. They've been working and working and working and they got a lucky break, okay? Somebody like Ice Spice, no, who's nobody's ever heard of before, and all of a sudden, boom, she's right there. Oh, she's got this deal. Oh, she's got this deal. Oh my gosh, let's do this thing with with Taylor and stuff because everybody's talking about Maddie Healy is racist and all this kind of stuff. Well, let's get Ice Spice and here we go. Let's do this. And you've never heard of them. 
And all of a sudden, they're just everywhere in your face. And then a year later, they're gone. Somebody like Lizzo. Like, She's an industry ever, plant? Yeah. Nobody had ever heard of Lizzo. What has Lizzo done since her first record? F- flute played? Uh, you know, nothing. There's been absolutely nothing. It, and it's it's just this thing. It's just like, here you go. And then they're not there anymore. And it's, But if it's, I Spice is a manufactured artist, why would somebody of Taylor Swift's caliber want anything to do with her? No, because it's the it's the person of the moment. And also, don't forget, we have the it, it all came about because of Maddie being racist and stuff and, you know, being accused of being racist. Well, great. No, no, I'm not racist. Look, fans, look, I'm going to do this thing with Ice Spice, who's this hot person, everything right now. So let's go ahead and do it. And if you go back and look at Taylor has these one offs with people who all of a sudden then they, they disappear again. It's but industry plants, it's not something that would have happened. 20 years ago, and I'm not talking about necessarily like a manufactured group. I'm not talking about like an NSYNC. I'm not talking about a Backstreet Boys. I'm not talking about a manufactured group. That's different because those, in that situation, somebody's putting together these people and they're trying to figure it out and they're doing it. That's not an industry plan. One Direction was put together by Nicole Scherzinger sitting there at, at, at X Factor going, no, we should put Harry together and we should put these together. And then Simon goes, yeah, that's a good idea or whatever. That's not an industry plan. That's just, hey, let's take this idea. I think that'll be really good together. Um, an industry plan is just somebody that comes out of absolutely nowhere, blows up, and is never heard from again. Back in the day, we used to call them one-hit wonders, but they weren't industry plants for the Ooh. most part. Okay. So what about Jack Harlow? I would say industry plant. Um, the guy's got no talent whatsoever. and But, you know, you would see like industry plant like back in the day like somebody like gerardo who you probably don't even know i literally have no clue who that is right but he had this song called rico suave and it was a one-hit wonder kind of thing and then you go oh it's just a one-hit wonder but then you look and you saw that he worked for a record label and they just wanted somebody to sing a song and so he did so that's like technically an industry plant but yeah jack carlo's got no talent and he tries to find a way to fit in post malone you know, he couldn't make it as a country singer. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try a rap and I'm going to have everybody coming in. And it's not that Post Malone's a, an industry plant. It's just a guy who knew that he had a deal and everybody wanted to do something with him and country music didn't work. So let me try rap. Okay. So why, why is Lizzo threatening to walk away from her career completely? She's got, because she's got no career to walk away from. Is I mean, she just, is, it the, sure. is it the fat shaming? She's just like, I'm done with this. None of this has been worth it. I don't know. I mean, look, Lizzo can go out right now. And I, I saw, she, I mean, I look at Polestar, she's selling out 10, 12,000 seats. But at some point, if you don't have new music, then the 12,000 seats become 5,000 seats, which become casinos, which become, you know, you need something, you need somebody to, to give it to you. And if you don't have those connections or whatever, they're already moving on to somebody else, somebody else that they can market because it's all about marketing. Nowadays, it's not about albums and let's have a 20 album career kind of thing. It's like, how many streams can we get from this as quickly as possible? Can we make this go viral? Can on we TikTok, do yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what you're looking for. And the labels are just, let's get the next one. Let's get the next one. Let's get the next one. And it's so easy to just have somebody go, here's the song, sing it. We've got an idea for you and a marketing and Lizzo, you're great. And, Lizzo's great. And, you know, you come on and you're singing this powerful, you know, anthem and stuff like that. And everybody loves it and it catches on and boom, 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 boom. Great. 
And maybe we got something for you down the road. But here we've got this new person. Let's try Jack Harlow. Let's try to see if this works. Let's try to do now somebody like Olivia Rodrigo. That's not an industry plant because she started off on a TV show and they go, she's got a base. Let's move it from there. And it's the same with her, Sabrina Carpenter, um, Joshua Bassett or whatever. That's always been, let's try and make one of these work. Yeah. In sync. Let's try and make these solo careers. They thought that JC was going to be the big solo star. It didn't work out that way. Um, Instead, it was Justin, you know, so it, it just, that kind of thing is normal. So when I talk about industry plant, even like Rihanna is an industry plant. Now, here's the thing. Rihanna took that and she goes, yes, my first record, but I know what I'm doing. And she was smart enough. And she goes, I'm going to find the right people, Jay-Z, and I'm going to continue this. And she did. And, but Rihanna has this whole backstory, like, oh, you know, I struggled. I came up to New York and I didn't know. No, that's not how the whole story goes, but it sounded good at the time. But she took it and said, I'm smart enough. I'm, you know, musically inclined enough. I know I can do this. And she took it and ran with it. And look what she did. And, but most of the time industry plants and it's recent phenomenon, it's a, it's a streaming phenomenon. It's like that. And you can always tell. Because, you know, somebody who promoted concerts to get me through college and law school, um, you know, you see these bands that you're paying, like you pay 500 bucks or a thousand bucks and they're doing it year after year. And then finally they get lucky and they get a break and you go, these guys earned it. And it's, it's a totally different kind of thing where just somebody goes, oh, you know, I need this kind of look. I need a look. I have a song. I need a look. Right. What actually happened to Jamie Foxx that has left him paralyzed and blind? Was it the vaccine? Um, I I sincerely doubt that. I think that, um, I think with Jamie, my guess, and this is simply a guess, everybody, I'm telling you that up front, is that I think it had something to do with drugs. Um, that's my guess, because here's why. And again, I actually know people close to Jamie. Again, he's another guy who lives in Thousand Oaks or whatever. I have a lot of people who know him. But here's the thing. He's got a lot of good friends that are really good friends with him who don't know. Okay. So if he just had a stroke or something like that, they would know. Here's why I think it was drugs. He's filming a movie with Cameron Diaz and everything. It's not going well. Um, why is Cameron it not and, going well? For whatever reason, he and Cameron aren't getting along. And they had got along like an Annie. And so this is her comeback, you know, oh, good, I'll work with Jamie and stuff. He's not getting along with anybody in the set, which is very unusual for Jamie. Jamie gets along with everybody. And Jamie is this monster talent. If I mean, he's a stand-up comic. He's a singer. He's an actor. Jamie Foxx is a legend. However, it doesn't mean that he's not susceptible like to doing drugs and partying and stuff. And they called it a medical incident. And they shut it down really, really fast. Like, if it was a stroke, or even if you are somebody who believes that, you know, it was caused by the vaccine or something like that, and on your and his side, but you would say a stroke, or you'd say like an embolism, or you'd say something like that, instead of like medical incident, and you wouldn't shut it down for a month. You'd say, yeah, he had a stroke, but he's going to be great. He's, you know, that's what you would say, because the whole world's going to be on his side. And instead, it's just... Why all the secrets? Why everything like this? And then all of a sudden he shows up this weekend. Maybe it's him. And, you know, he's randomly on a boat in the Chicago River and sitting out where people can see him. But only one person manages to take any kind of video of him. And then he's posting for some kind of liquor thing. Uh, it's just the thing is weird. most of his 
It is. And like most of his friends are like, I haven't heard from him. I can't get a hold of him. Okay. If it was a stroke, you know, it, people would be visiting him at his bedside and yeah. stuff like that. Well wishes. And the, yeah. And the other thing is that the movie was finished without him. And if it had been drugs, if you say oh, it's drugs, well, maybe the insurance company doesn't pay for the completion of that film. Mm. Maybe the insurance company says, hmm, it's drugs. Okay, well, look, there's this thing. And so we don't have to pay. But if it's a stroke or something or a medical incident, then the insurance company's like, okay, yeah, we'll we'll pay to finish the film. I think and you're so right. And so they did. No, I think you're just, right. It's just, again, a choice of words that was used. Can you confirm that Congresswoman AOC's fiance, Riley Roberts, is spending thousands of dollars a month on a cam girl from Asia. I have never said that. I have never said that. Tell us where this There's rumor a, might look, be stemming from. Look, there are, as of, here's the thing. It's like, I try to, I, it's, I very rarely succeed. And there are people in Washington, D.C. that love blind items and they always send me stuff, right? One of the things that you always have to be on guard for is that I get a lot of things from the left. I get a lot of things from the right, okay? And somebody has an agenda, somebody has an agenda. And I always have stayed fairly neutral um, when it comes to any kind of politics. That being said, I mean, if there's dirt, there's dirt. Of course. And I like it. I like it uh, a lot. And so is there the, somebody in Congress who has a partner who's spending a lot of money uh, every month on cam girls from Asia? Yes. And there's also a, a congressperson who recently had an affair, um, which I talked about. And there's I mean, these things happen. I, I was like, to me, what's more interesting for whatever reason, and I don't know his name, is like the the state senator from Tennessee or something like that. The one who had um, the staffer or somebody else and she's married and I think he was working and and they have like this whole swapping thing. And to me, it's like, wow, that's the kind of thing that I'm interested in. Or, you know, the and it, wait, it was North Carolina, wasn't it? Because then everybody goes, oh, so Madison Cawthorn was correct. This right? is There's what I was just going to say is was Madison Cawthorn telling the truth when he said that the conservatives in D.C. are some of the people hosting the biggest sex parties. I think that what Madison Cawthorn was saying, and I don't even think it's related to D.C. so much. I think it was related to this whole thing in North Carolina. That's where the guy was from. It's that he was talking about these guys from North Carolina saying, oh, my God, you would not believe what's going on in these parties and the drugs. I don't think he was necessarily referring to Washington, D.C. I think he was referring to just this particular situation that he knew about. And I was just kind of... You know, to see Madison Cawthorn, you know, months and months later go, oh, well, look, there there was this cocaine and swapping kind of thing with lobbyists and all this kind of stuff. So perhaps a dude was correct. Um, I think that on both sides of the aisle, there is a crazy amount of partying. There is a crazy amount of coke. There is just. You got it's a swampy. bunch of young people. It's swampy. Well, it's not just swampy. It, look, you got everybody who works in these offices, these congressional offices. They don't get paid jack. Right. So they're all young. And they're all fresh out of college. Oh, so who, only, wait, who's responsible for the cocaine in the White House? I have no idea. I have no idea. I mean, I, I haven't, I, I don't know how the White House security works and everything. I, I, I've heard so many, that's the other thing. 
is that when you want to try and ask something like that, it just gets so buried behind, again, a left and a right thing that you can't, you can't kind of figure out exactly where it's coming from. If I hear somebody say, oh, there was this Coke at the um, Chateau Marmont or something that was left here or something like that, I go, hmm, okay, well, I guess so. But that part of the, you know, I know what Chateau Marmont looks like. I know, okay, well, no, they couldn't have left it there or whatever, but I don't know enough about the White House or whatever to know, okay, you you can leave it there. You can leave it there. Somebody will find it right away. Somebody won't find it right away. Um, but, you know, I, I just feel like people in DC, like they're young, they're like 22, 23 years old and they're not making any money. So they just go out and party all the time. And I think there's some crazy things that happen. And I think that you see a lot of young politicians now, because don't forget, like there's so many more young politicians, especially in the house. Oh yeah. Obviously, you know, and so they're not that far removed from those times. And I think that there's a lot more interaction and you saw it with, um, the congresswoman from California, I can't remember her name now, and, you know, partying with her staffers and stuff, and then she had to, to leave, and, and it's it's that kind of thing. I, I just think that there's a lot more of this close kind of relationship and interactions than there used to be. It's not just the 70-year-old the white guy and the 20-year-old interns and stuff like that, although that still happens, but I think that it's that's more of a... a bygone kind of thing. Yeah, culture has shifted. What the heck has happened to Sam Smith? I mean, I, I mean, what has happened? I don't know. I don't know. Hey, look, Sam Smith, great voice. Um, and I think that I, I think sometimes I, I think this is what it is. I think that Sam Smith has an awfully big head. And I think that it kind of goes what we were talking about, Maddie Healy, in this over-the-top British thing where you take it to the extreme. And so Maddie's doing his thing. And then Sam Smith, hey, I'm this gay guy. I'm out. I'm, I want to have fun. Um, and actually, I, I think Sam uses the pronouns they and them. But so Sam's saying, oh, I want to do the, the same thing. And but ah, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make it look like drugs and partying and all this kind of stuff. And I'm going to make it look like I'm having a 24-7 pride festival at my house every single week. It's just attention-seeking, essentially, is kind of what you think? I think so. And here's what's different. And this is something that Madonna faced. I think that back in the day, when like Madonna had, um, you know, the whole uh, thing with the cross and, and the, the guy and, and Black Jesus and stuff. Oh, yeah, like the, uh, what's, like a prayer days and all that? Yeah, like a prayer, like a prayer. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, this is so scandalous. But nowadays that would just be like nothing, right? And so you have to kind of push the envelope and push the envelope and push the envelope. It's the same with, I talk about on reality shows. If you go back to the first season of Real World, that's basic and nothing. And so how do you move ahead? You got to become this person. You got to take it so over the top. If you yeah. look at the first season of Real Housewives of Orange County, it is so boring and so basic. And how do you keep it going? How do you keep it going? You got to make it Further and further and further. How does Sam Smith? Sam Smith should know that that Sam can just use their voice and everything will be great. But instead, it's like, no, no, no. I got to take it to the next level. I got to be Lady Gaga. I should be wearing meat, you know, or something like that. <laughs> Has Camila Cabello run out of money? I think so. Why do you think that? Okay. So Fifth Harmony. Um, divided by five right off the bat. Right. So you're only getting 20 percent. 
and you're not getting a full 20% because you're not really writing everything and you're going on tour, but you haven't been on tour in forever and you still have agents and managers and accountants and taxes and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So that's gone. We're not getting any royalties. We're not performing. There is no Fifth Harmony money coming in. Okay. So then we have her solo career. Okay. We have a fan on, we have a couple other songs. Good. That's a, that's a decent, you know, revenue stream. Then we have Cinderella, which was supposed to be um, like in the theaters. No, it's going to be on Amazon and they couldn't yeah. even find a buyer for the longest time. I forgot so, about that. Right. So she got paid probably a few million dollars for that. Not a lot, but a, a couple, three million. But again, 50% to taxes, agents, managers, all that kind of stuff. She has an Olipop endorsement right now. Okay, great. Here's $500,000. Fantastic. How much are you going to end up with that? 200000 So where's... Where's where's the money coming in? Where is it coming in? It's not there. So then, what you do is you hang around Sean Mendez, and if you look at who who she's hanging out with, she's hanging out with very 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 rich men who create like dating apps and other things like that, who can pay the bills and stuff. And she is no different than anybody else in Fifth Harmony. None of them have any money. Uh, at least she has some. But I think that people think that once you become famous, that all of a sudden you have money forever and ever and ever. And, and that's yeah. simply not true. You just, you have to find more and more ways to make money, whether it's endorsements or sponsors or, or whatever. And especially in the music industry, again, if you think about, okay, so somebody is going, well, I guess we could give Camilla a shot, but you know, we've got this other person. They're going to give us a lot less trouble. Um, we can probably pay them 50 grand, just all in, have them sign away everything else. And we'll get a bunch of money from it. And with her, we're going to have to do with lawyers and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, and that's when it goes back to the whole industry plan thing. It's just easier to find just one person just to say, here, we're going to give you 50 grand or 100 grand. Go sing this song and we'll send you on tour and all this kind of stuff, too. And just not have to deal with everything else. So, yeah, she needs to find some kind of source of income. Why do I keep hearing that Selena Gomez is actually not doing very well? In what sense? I don't know if it's health-wise. I, I have no idea. I feel like I've picked up on that in your blinds unless I am, you know, putting the wrong face with the blind. And it's not even about Selena Gomez. But, I mean, in your, in, for what you know, is Selena doing well right now? That's always a debatable thing. And Selena's not somebody that I generally hired. I mean, I usually say A-list actress singer or something like that or former A-list singer turned A-list actress. And she's doing okay financially and all that kind of stuff. I mean, only murders in the building. She's making money. She's endorsements. She's got this new cookware line. She's fine money-wise. Don't have to worry about something. As far as health, I think that, you know, she obviously she's, she's had issues with substance abuse and stuff like that. And then she'll say, oh, the lupus and stuff. I just think that Selena, I don't even know how to describe it. I think that maybe she needs a new set of, influences or something like that. She seems to be trapped in her past. And by that, I mean, she just can't fully get rid of the whole Justin Bieber thing, right? There's why, the, why are you saying that? Are you talking about because of like the tabloid drama between her and Haley earlier this year? Yeah, but it's not even tabloid. It's just them doing it. Like, you know, if, if a whole bunch of Selena fans go after Haley, then she's like, oh, well, you guys, Maybe you shouldn't do that. Why does but she keep doing that? Why Why does she keep defending Haley? And, and is is Haley actually obsessed with the dynamic between it, Justin and Selena? I don't think so anymore. Um, 
I think maybe in the past, I think Haley has matured. I think Haley's pretty much beyond that at this point. And I think Haley is somebody who, Haley has grown into her own person and is some of her person dependent or was dependent on the base that Justin Bieber gave her? Yes. In the sense that I don't think that Haley would have a makeup line. I don't think that people would necessarily care about what Haley was wearing or anything like that. Um, if it hadn't been for that Justin start, but I think that, that Haley is kind of moving beyond the shadow of Justin. Selena, I think has, but I don't think that she recognizes that she has the fact that she's doing only murders in the building and, and doing Steve Martin and Martin short and stuff. And she's moved away from the Transylvania stuff and singing. This should be her new identity, but I think that she's still trapped or thinks that she is and she hasn't fully committed to moving forward to whatever. Maybe she still thinks, you know, I could still be a singer. But really, she's not. She's not a singer anymore. Um, yeah, but she's charting right it, now. I mean, singer is like in quotes. I mean, she has a song in the top 10 right now with the Remy or whatever. Yeah, but it's just like, to me, she needs to... I, I like the actress identity for her. I think it's good. I think also she she hasn't fully embraced maybe her you know, she's gained a little bit of weight or whatever. And I think that that bothers her for whatever reason. I don't think it should. Um, I think she looks great. Uh, and again, I think that she's learning from Taylor. You know, I need to collect people. I saw her with N- Nicola Peltz. They um, are BFFs you know. right now. BFFs. I know. I know. And, and just, but again, it kind of came out of nowhere. And, but that's good. I, I, I think maybe she needs other friends than Taylor because it seems like the only t- people she hangs out with is, or Taylor and and Mar- Martin Short and Steve Martin who are in the seventies. So find somebody else. <laughs> is is she dating Jeremy Allen White? I don't think so, and I think that that would be a really bad move on her part because he cheated on you know his girlfriend to be with his wife, cheated on the wife. I think that would be a horrible, horrible decision on her part. Is the cult imagery that Doja Cat participates in all the time real or a joke? Oh, that's a good question. I think that part. of I think mostly it's real. If you go back and look at the history of Doja Cat and just where she was before, you know, she was on all kinds of message boards and Twitch and things like that. I think that that's who she is. And I think that it's who she will be. And music is just kind of, yeah, that's great. I can make some money doing music and stuff like that. Fine. But I'm not going to change who I am. And, you know, whether you agree with her or don't agree with her, at least she's being honest with herself. Candace Cameron Bure insists that she did not try to get a queer actor removed from Fuller House. Do you believe her? I I do believe her in the sense that I don't think that she had the power to do it. So I, I think that um, there's some things hidden in that family that I think will come out over the next five or six years. Wait, about the uh, about the Berets? Well, not just Candace, but also Kirk. I, I think there's gonna there's been some changes in philosophy and some tones over the years, like like especially from Kirk that have been kind of um more moderating in tone than it used to be. I think that there's gonna be some stuff that comes out that will say, mm, yeah, I guess Candace probably didn't do that. Well, what do you mean? Like stuff in terms of mm, what I can't really talk about it. But I'm just saying that I think that some of the fire and brimstone stuff that everybody associates with them, I think in the next few years you're going to see, oh, well, they did kind of moderate, and now I know why. Okay. 
Okay. I'm really worried about Ariana Grande. She looks terrible. She does. Like in a sick way. Yeah. Um, you know, people haven't really seen her out and about other than when she's filming and stuff. She's filming Wicked. And I think that this whole thing of saying, okay, hey, you guys, well, we waited 25 or 30 years to do Wicked. We're going to make it two movies instead of one. And then you have a director who's, by the way, a very good director, but not who's like, you're really two movies out of this? Okay. You know, I could make it one and it'd be really, really good and can make it like two and a half hours long. No, we'd really like two, two and a half hour movies out of this. And I, the director was like, okay. So there's a lot of pressure in that. There was one time Ariana, not too long ago, maybe like three months ago, was backstage in Broadway or something. And that was the first time I'd seen like kind of some random kind of things without filters and stuff like that. And and she was looking a bit under the weather. Um, I think it's taking a toll. I think Dalton Gomez, her husband, I think that that's a big mess and I think it's a big mistake. And now why, why do you say that? Because people forget that she even is married. Exactly. Because he's he? never around. He's a real estate agent in Los Angeles who was a so-so real estate agent until he married her and then started saying, send, you know, Ariana, send this person over to me, send this person over to me, send this person over to me. So he's not a nice guy. He's always using her. I think that Ariana is a national treasure who should be protected at all costs. Ariana's never been the same since the Manchester bombings. Mm. So, you know, yeah. she was there when it happened and she has just never been the same. And it's gone are the days of the licking the donuts, right? So in the donut shop, in the bakery, and since Manchester happened, and, you know, I've known... Um, she's endured a, a significant amount of trauma between Mac and Manchester. Yeah. And then having to deal with pretending to date Pete Davidson. The, that was, um, I that think, was pretend? I, it wasn't pretend in the sense that did they go out? Yeah, they went out. But a lot of it was staged. Like the song that she wrote was like, it was already done basically. It, 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 anyway, a lot of that stuff was kind of oh let's do this and okay well like, let's include it in the song kind of thing and you know the line about mac and the line about pete and all that kind of stuff um but i think that you know having known ariana and frankie for a long time i think that uh um and this is it always gets difficult here because i it's, sometimes i know too much and i try and keep it away from it i just know that ariana struggles and wants to do good and make everybody happy and i think that wicked is going to be a masterpiece but i just hope it doesn't kill her in the meantime business definitely doesn't seem to be going well for megan and harry lately how is their marriage holding up if you would ask me a year ago and you said nt do you think they'll get divorced i would say probably not um that's where i would have been a year ago and then there's just been like little cracks like this um, okay. So they're in LA a lot. They live in Montecito. And sometimes you'll see reports, oh, Montecito, it's like a 40 minute drive from LA. Montecito is to hell and gone from LA. It's well over a two hour drive. And so you come to see that Harry has like a, a hotel room that he'll use in LA if they need to be there. I think Megan now has one too. Totally get it. It's a long way to go. Understandable. Montecito though, Harry's got a place in Montecito, a hotel. Why do you need a hotel in Montecito? Montecito is literally it takes one minute to get from one end of town to the other. And so why does you need that? So that's number one. Number two, he's been over to England a couple of times without her. 
um, in things where he had not planned on going. Not just the coronation, but like some of these trials and stuff like that. So this is number two. Number three is how good Spare did. So Spare sold very, very well. And if you recall when Spare came out, I mean, all the attention was just Harry, 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 because it wasn't so much about Meghan. It was just about Harry, Harry, Harry. And what you had after the first 10 days of that, and I went back and I looked, is you had Us Weekly, People Magazine, they were just filled all of a sudden after 10 days with just, this is Megan's go-to mascara. This is Megan's favorite outfit. This is an outfit that sold out that Megan was wearing, blah, blah, she blah. She was jealous. Like, she was jealous. And so oh of all gosh. this attention. She is such a witch. So she was, it was, so all of that. Then let's fast forward a little bit more. So we have William Morris Endeavor, right? They sign. But here's the thing is like, all of a sudden these projects She's going to be doing solo. She's not going to be doing any of these projects with Harry. It's just going to be her. So, you know, the TIG or, you know, the Dior thing, which was probably a, a, a false flag or whatever, but anything, but just all these things, it's going to be Megan, Megan, Megan. They're going to be deals for Megan rather than Megan and Harry, which what the deals have been in the past. So then he's going to have Invictus, which is going to be really good. And I'm actually looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a really good documentary. Um, and so he's going to be promoting that again by himself. Now there's talk that he's going to go to Africa and produce a documentary in Africa again by himself. So this relationship that, oh, they're never apart. They're never apart. Well, all of a sudden they are. And I think it's because she's like, okay, I kind of got what I need. I've got the name now. And but does I'm she really? Because I can't imagine if they got divorced that Meghan and Harry would be the same without each other. Like, I feel like their brand power is just going to decrease immensely. I know, but who is what? I, I get what you're saying. Especially but what is, for her because of how much of a failure her podcast was. Well, the, OK, that's the other thing. Let's go back to this. You know, Bill Simmons is a friend of mine and he was talking about it. He's like. And there's some things that he said publicly, and again, this is, gets to the part where then he said things to me privately, and I always have to remember which was which. So, but he said basically that, hey, um, Spotify, because Bill Simmons, although he's the ringer and he's a sports guy, as part of his deal with the ringer, he is actually like third or fourth in charge at Spotify over like development deals and stuff. And they said, hey, go talk to Harry and say, these are some things we could do. Give him suggestions, you know, and stuff like that. And it feels to me like Harry doesn't want to work, basically. Like, it, it would be so easy for him to go on. And I, I've said this before. The dude is a military veteran. So what you do is you have a podcast and you talk about military veterans from England and military veterans from the U.S. And you get them on and you just talk. You're a military veteran. You, you've been in Afghanistan. Just sit there and talk. Like the guy who does the TikTok who used to be in jail and he talks to these criminals or whatever. And they talk about these things. It's the most fascinating three minutes on TikTok every single time. And he could do the same kind of thing. No, nah, I don't want to do it. To, to, for two years to not have anything other than be on Dax Shepard one time yeah. just shows he's not really into that because he's never really had a job. He's never really had to do anything. And I think that Megan maybe is like, look, you can say what you want about Megan, but she, however she managed to crawl and scrape and hustle and all this kind of stuff, it's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take advantage of this. I'm going to take advantage of this. Are you with me or are you not with me? Are you want to do these things or you want to sit at home and meditate and do better up, you know, and just what do you want to do? And he's like, well, you know, I'd really like to maybe go to Africa. I don't know. Maybe they'll sit here and 
do some ayahuasca. I don't know. You know, we don't know what it just it feels like Harry doesn't exactly know who he is. Yeah. That's how I get from him. So, yeah, in the whole relationship, it would not shock me. If they got divorced, you make a very good point. What is the brand? But what's the brand now? Yeah, but what would he do? Would he join the royal family again? Because I think that he'd go seems back. weird. Yeah, 100%. Would they, they'd and, accept him? Oh, 100%. Okay, that is crazy. Um, do you know anything about if Fox News is regretting firing Tucker Carlson or not? I don't know. I mean, sometimes I think yes, but then there'll be like, th- there's all these other lawsuits. The there's going to be a new defamation lawsuit about the, oh, who's the guy? Emmons? I can't remember his name. I'm sorry. Um, but the one who was at January 6th or whatever, and they haven't brought any charges against him, and he's about to file a defamation lawsuit for like a billion dollars. And the thing is, he's probably going to win. Are you thinking and, of Ray Epps? Yeah, Ray Epps. Thank okay. you. Okay. Sorry. Thank you. Um, and so he's going to file one. You've got the other... Um, voting company or whatever that's mm-hmm. also that's a two and a half billion dollar one i just you know i saw something you know that fox is trying to really kind of pull back from like conventions and things like that you know they stopped with cpac and they're not doing that anymore um and so i i just think that they're in the risk management business right now and they don't want to upset anybody so i think that they're probably pretty happy with their decision I, I don't know the ratings. I don't think that the ratings are that much lower than they were. And I think that when they let go of Tucker, that they got some advertisers that refused to to advertise with Tucker. So I think that they're probably feeling pretty good about that. I just think you have to think of Fox right now as an insurance company, and they're just trying to say, okay, um, that risk is not worth that reward. So we're just going to try and make everybody happy. We're not going to make any waves. And we are just going to ride into 2024 where we know we're going to make billions and billions of dollars in ads. Yeah. What can you share about Lauren and Chris Lane? Everybody says that he runs around on her and that she is in denial. Yeah, absolutely. That is so sad. That is so sad. I mean, so she's fully aware. Does she just allow it to happen or she just doesn't bring it up to him? I think that she's just in denial. I think that that would be the the way to go. I, I've I've heard her say like, like these roundabout kind of quotes and stuff about it, and just like they are not a couple that I pay a close amount of attention to, but I know enough to know that you know he's cheating on her. There's a lot of times like, especially with them, if I write a blind at them about them, it's so difficult to try and find the right descriptors or whatever that just doesn't make <laughs> it entirely too specific. Yeah. So. So things like that generally get left off because it'd be like, oh, you know, so this couple or whatever, and you know, it's just too hard to write a blind about them. Are the Kardashians losing relevance or is their star power as big as ever? No, oh, they're losing relevance. Nobody are, cares. Are they panicking? You know how you can tell? I don't know if they're panicking, but you can tell that nobody cares. Like they had a season starting as the last three episodes of Vanderpump were running and it was like, cares about the Kardashians over on Hulu. You know, we got this thing happening over here in Vanderpump. I just, I think that they're grasping for straws. I think that probably Courtney is the most popular right now, which nobody really ever seen coming. Who cares about Khloe Kardashian? Who cares about Kendall Jenner and what fake boyfriend they set her up with? Um, Kylie, okay. They tried to make the whole Timothy Chalamet thing work. And I think that he is hooking up with her, but he's like, I'm not going to be part of your little yeah. Photograph me kind of thing. I'm not going to do that. 
And so he's not going to be part of that game. Kim, okay, she's there. She works hard. Kim's a hustler. She, I mean, if you say, is Kim a billionaire? Yep, absolutely. Um, is anybody else in the family? No. Uh, and where's so, Kanye? Where's Kanye lately? I mean, I think he's trying to lay low and maybe have some kind of comeback. If I was him, you know, I, I would stop wearing these ridiculous outfits or whatever. So ugly. And I, would go, I would just go hole up somewhere, try and get 2002 Kanye back in my head and write some music like that. Get Jay-Z to produce it and come back and just play some music that everybody say, there's Kanye. Yeah, but will Hollywood forgive him? Will they ever welcome him back? That's my thing. Oh, I think so. Really? Because it's not about, it's about this. Okay, Alex. So it's a different world, right? So um, there's people, Chris Brown can sell at 20,000 seats. Easy. R. Kelly, if R. Kelly got released from prison, he would sell at 20,000 seats. So it's not like Hollywood, yes, is a different kind of beast when you're talking about acting, right? Because, okay, do we want to give Kevin Spacey a $100 million movie? Mm. No. Do we want to release a record that's going to cost Jay-Z and Kanye $300,000 to make, and maybe we can make $30 million? Absolutely. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, any updates on Raquel and where she's filming and if she and Tom are still together? Well, I can't imagine them being together. Um, I think that Raquel... Last I saw, she wanted the most. She wanted the the biggest salary to come back. So they have started filming Vanderpump. Vanderpump is like, it was on death's door. And all of a sudden, and Andy Cohen was on death's door, basically, as far as a career went. And Housewives is kind of like dying on the vine. There's no like life to any of these shows. Vanderpump was at a series low, and then somebody said, now's the time. We already know that there's an affair going on. Let's go ahead, and here's how we're going to play out the rest of this season. We're going to leak the affair, because we already know it's been happening, and Ariana knew, because they're still living together and all this stuff. Everybody knew. So here's what we're going to do. Every Monday, we are going to come up with something new for Wednesday to get everybody excited. And within three weeks, they were at series highs. And by the, the end of it, they, they were, you know, bringing in 2 million people, almost 2 million. I don't think they ever crossed the 2 million threshold, but almost 2 million people. And everybody's like, remember Succession? You know how good that was? And everybody, oh my God, it was the biggest, most popular thing. It got like half of what a Vanderpump rules, you know? So, I mean, it just shows. And now to be fair, Vanderpump gets like half of some kind of network rerun that nobody watches yeah um but i mean in the whole scheme of bravo i mean if you get serious ties and all this kind of stuff and people talking about it and talking about it you know it kind of brings life back to the network and then they go we should do a vanderbump spinoff we should do this and just take advantage of it but at the same let's bring jacks back let's bring britney back all this kind of stuff that's not really going to help it was just the fact that hey it was a storyline and, and vanderbump started with an affair the first episode was about an affair and that's how they led into the whole series. And that's how yeah, they it tied up know. all full circle. Speaking of Bravo, is Kyle Richards actually getting divorced? And is she in a lesbian relationship with country singer Morgan Wade? Um, here's what I got to say about that. First of all, I don't have anybody, but um, I think that 
the fact that Kyle had a chance to say, okay, so Mauricio and I know we've had a tough year, blah, 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 blah. So if you're Kyle and you're trying to say that Mauricio and I are still together or we're still trying to work it out and no, Morgan's not part of this or anything like that, then why on earth did you this last week go out with her? Yeah. Get yourself photographed with her. It, it feels like a confirmation a little bit. It does. It feels like, okay, if this really wasn't real and you really were caring about trying to keep your marriage solid and all this kind of stuff and just keeping this together, that you would have just stayed hidden. I, I tell this to people all the time. It is so easy in LA to stay hidden. It was easy in LA to stay hidden even in 2005 or 2007 when paparazzi numbered in the thousands. You could still stay hidden. When paparazzi number in the 50s or the hundreds, and they only go where you tell them to go. It is extremely easy to stay hidden and keep something, you know, out of the public eye. And the fact that she did that anyway, and the fact that the season has stopped filming, um, shows to me a lot that perhaps she is in a relationship with her and that the Mauricio Kyle thing is done. Um, so, yeah. Time will tell. I've been sharing about my journey to eating healthier, avoiding natural flavors, which, by the way, is a broad term that hides all kinds of shady ingredients. I'm staying away the best I can from seed oils, not saying I'm perfect, but I try really hard, uh, definitely avoiding corn syrup and processed foods. There's been a lot of switching out products for me in my kitchen, and one thing that I was very sad to give up was my crayon grape juice. It has been a staple in my life since I was a teenager. Every single morning, my friends and family know that Alex loves to have her juice, but I can't drink that after finding out it has seven teaspoons of added sugar per serving, natural flavors, and processing concerns. It's certainly not organic. That's why I've started drinking squeezed juice, which is family-owned, not from concentrate, non-GMO, 100% juice that is filled with all the vitamins that I want, the nutrients that are good for you. It is grown from California family farmers too. There are five flavors that you can get on their website. I've been drinking the pomegranate one today, and I feel like I've just been sitting here eating a literal pomegranate. It is packed with antioxidants, and kids will love it too. Speaking of kids, the bottles that you get are fresh and packed on dry ice, and they're small 11-ounce bottles that are great for being on the go or for kids and their lunches. They also have fresh mandarin juice, and then my favorite one is called Focus. It is equivalent to one and a half cups of coffee, but it just tastes like strawberries and beets, which that's in there. And it offers natural energy from a plant called garana. Squeezed juice is fresh pressed. It's HPP pasteurized. It has no water added. They're also conservative owned. Get your ice cold delivery today straight to your door with promo code Alex for 20 5% off at checkout. Make sure you order it whenever you know that you're going to be home because it comes very fast once you order and you got to put it in your fridge right away. Try squeezed juice with code Alex for 25% off. Click the link in the show notes or go to shop.squeezedjuice.com with code Alex for 25% off. There has been so many juicy rumors about Ariel Sharnes, the fashion blogger. Um, the downfall of her line, something navy, that there were rumors of infidelity and problems in her marriage to her husband, Brandon. Do you have any tea on that? 
isn't that the company and like there's something like hideously wrong with that company and the financials, right? Yes. Um, yeah. So, and I believe that it's not just, I feel like I heard that she was cheating on him too, not just him cheating on her. But I just, I think that the whole company, it was like just a mess of bad financials and stuff like that. And I'm surprised that, I don't know, that something hasn't happened to them, you know, in that kind of way where somebody like some creditor or whatever was ticked off and I haven't heard about any lawsuits or anything like that. But yeah, that's all I really know about them. I, I, that's more of a New York TikTok kind of thing. Every single time that Chris Pratt posts, he gets heat. Yes. I mean, is, is he a massive jerk secretly behind the scenes? No, no. I've never really thought that about um, Chris. And I have some friends who live like literally across the alley from him. And, you know, and he takes out his trash and everything like that and, you know, says hi and all that kind of stuff. Doesn't have people doing it for him and everything. So kind of like down to earth. And I think that he has made some really bad decisions in the okay. sense that the way that he handled um, his marriage to Anna Ferris and the way that because they have the special needs child to some extent that he tends to forget Jack when he's talking about the kids he has with Catherine and that he doesn't handle that PR thing very well. I think that he blamed Anna for what happened to their child for whatever reason. I don't know why. It just feels like he does hold her responsible and that perhaps he lets that out more than he should, even in the limited ways that he has. Um, and then I think just the fact that he was always cheating on her also didn't help. And then when you have him coming later and some of his, um, you know, more, you know, outside the normal Hollywood kind of, you know, mores or whatever kind of thing, I think that kind of hurts him. But I don't think that nobody's going to cancel Chris Pratt. Uh, I think there's he's jovial enough. He's likable enough. He's a Tom Cruise without all the horrendous baggage of Tom Cruise. And if Tom Cruise can be loved, then Chris <laughs> Pratt can certainly be loved because his is much, much less problematic than Are Tom there... Cruise. And the... Sorry, go ahead. No, let's go ahead. Are there any other celebrities right now that we should be keeping a close eye on, even if you can't tell us what for? I think that, you know, it's a good idea to keep an eye on Brittany for the next few months. I think especially if you talk about this book, right, if even with a ghost written book, what is the if you're the author in quotes, you generally will go out and publicize the book, right? You're going to go out and talk about this book. They yeah. supposedly paid you like $10 million or $12 million. But who's going to trust her to be out interacting with fans and stuff? Right. So if you're not going to let Ezra, right. If you're not going to let Ezra Miller go out and promote the $200 million flash, then how on earth are you going to let Britney Spears go? If you think about book publicity, you know, it's calling into every single local morning TV show. Yeah. It's Good Morning America. It, not just that, but it's like the, the, just the local New York City affiliates, you know, just calling in and everything like that. And yeah, I got this new book and blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's a great, you know, kind of story kind of thing going on the talk shows. Boom, boom, boom. She can't do that. She can't do that at all. So I'm really interested to see if they even try to do that. 
or if they're just going to say a new book from Britney Spears and then just have her do social media dances or something talking about the book. And then here's what's going to happen. Let's hope not. She's going to say something like, yeah, in my new book, I talk about this, this, and this, and this. And everybody's going to go, I don't see that in this book. Because I, I guarantee you that she has not read the yeah. final copy of that book. NT, thank you so much for coming on The Spillover. Remind everybody where they can see your Hollywood blinds, because you got a couple spots. CrazyDaysAndNights.net, at NT Lawyer on all social media, and then Patreon.com slash NT Lawyer. Thank you, NT. I love having you on. Thank you, Alex. If you liked this episode, don't forget to listen to my first interview with NT from last December. He goes more in depth about starting his world famous blog, Crazy Days and Nights, how it came out in the era of Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton. It is a fan favorite episode. I'll link that in the show notes. Next week, we're getting unbelievably countercultural. It is going to blow minds. It's going to convict you. And it's probably going to piss you off. But what's new? I am talking to someone all about the very disturbing realities of daycare. Uh, And I'm talking specifically, because I have to keep giving this disclaimer, about daycare before the age of three and how the truth is just completely brushed over to new moms or it's not even shared with them at all when they're deciding about like going back to work and things like that. It is so spicy. Um, It's not convenient. It's really going to create enemies for me. And uh, that comes out next week. It is so spicy. And actually, my guest that I'm having on, she wrote an entire book about this subject. And she even had the foreword written from the Dr. Laura herself. New episodes of The Spillover release on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern on any platform that you like to listen to podcasts. Please leave a five-star review, even if all it says is potato. It really doesn't matter, but anything helps. I'm Alex Clark, and this is The Spillover. Love you. Mean it. Bye. 